from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, it's the national news for week commencing September 9, 2018. I'm Graham VK4BB. Contrary to the belief by a couple that it is kosher to advertise gear for sale on ham radio channels and before the auctioneer's hammer falls heavily, do I have a deal for you. Shortwave stations used by the BBC, up for sale. Babcock International Group's media services business is to be sold. Engineering defence contractor Babcock, which owns the United Kingdom's last remaining shortwave transmission station, Wiverton, and operates BBC shortwave and medium-wave relay stations in Cyprus, on Accession Island, Oman and Singapore, is selling its media operations. Get in quick. They may even have a set of steak knives. The airwave philatelist. She asked to see what I was doing, FT8DXing. She watched a few minutes whilst I demonstrated. After a few more minutes, she said, So it's like stamp collecting with radios. Satisfied, she went back upstairs and left me in peace. Yes, it is like stamp collecting with radios. Airwave philatelists. I dig it. We'll take a look at a set of radio stamps later down the log when Bruce, VK3FFF, takes a look at stamp collecting amateurs in his edition of Worldwide Special Interest Group News this week. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is Greg, VK2GPK, one of the directors of the WIA, with this week's edition of the WIA board comment. This week my focus will be on the WIA financial performance for the this 2018 financial year. It should be noted that the financial year for the WIA is January through end of December. At the last WIA GM, last May, I stated that the budget changes implemented by the Board in the last quarter of 2017 to address the unsustainable deficits of the WIA had been running for a couple of years were planned to move the WIA towards a neutral cash flow, i.e. neither profit or loss, around mid-year 2018. I'm pleased to report to the membership that this planned result has occurred. This is a significant turnaround and puts the WIA in a position to start investing in improved, more time-efficient back-office systems and a better online presence. The first of these was the ticketing system, also known as a service management system, which has now been running successfully in pilot for a number of months. Our immediate focus, however, remains the pre-work we are doing for the tender anticipated to be released shortly by the ACMA for the AOCP examinations and qualifications framework. As at the end of July, our interim financial results show a moderate profit and loss surplus of $16,000 year-to-date. Whilst month-to-month results still fluctuate between small surpluses and deficits, the overall financial position of the organisation is much improved relative to the last two financial years. The balance sheet remains healthy with no substantive change from what was reported in the 2017 audited results at the May AGM. Please note that these are interim results only and will be subject to the audit process for finalisation early in 2019. September 22 this month marks the 100th anniversary of the first direct radio contact from England to Australia. A commemorative event to mark this occasion has been organised with over 600 people expected to attend. I'll be attending to represent the WIA. 
Also, next week is the IARU Region 3 Conference being held in Seoul in South Korea. The WIA is represented on the board of the IARU R3 and will be attending to represent the entire Australian amateur cohort at this important event. This is Greg, VK2GPK, on behalf of the WIA board. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, RAC, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. News from India, Radio Ham Victor Uniform 3, Kilo Bravo November in Flood Rescue Mission. Matrabumi reports when the floods hit the state of Kerala, many ham radio operators assisted the State Disaster Management Authority in rescue and relief operations. The newspaper says among them was Sri Murugan, Victor Uniform 3, Kilo Bravo November, who took up the role of a messenger tied to a wheelchair with his ham radio. He dedicated his time to communicate the messages to the rescue team from his home. He helped in the rescue of many people from floods and provision of food to flood-hit areas. Sometimes his ham radio was the medium for communication to district collector and RDO. When the deluge hit the state, he was busy sending messages to the rescue team for six days without rest. He received the messages from many flood-hit areas through his ham radio community and transferred the same to the concerned authorities. Ham radio was the only medium of communication in flood-hit districts. From Malta, the Malta Communications Authority, MCA, is planning to introduce new amateur radio regulations, but the proposal appears to ban use of popular amateur satellite service allocations. A consultation on the proposed changes were held earlier this year, but the final outcome has not been yet announced. The Malta Amateur Radio League, MARL, says most of the proposed changes had been recommended by MARL over the last years. The MARL have been successful in getting the regulator MCA to agree to a lifetime licence and also HAREC capability. It is also understood the MARL are trying to get an entry-level licence, ELL, at some point in the future. There are some apparent anomalies in the proposed regulations, however. 29.3 to 29.51 MHz is being restricted to satellite downlink only. 435 to 438 MHz is one of the most popular amateur satellite allocations, but the regulations say satellite use in Malta is not permitted. 2400 to 2450 MHz, also an ITU satellite allocation, but regulations appear not to permit it in Malta. News from Brazil, they get 60 metres and other new bands in 90 days and more. Anatel, the Brazilian telecoms regulator, has produced an updated band plan effective in 90 days, which releases 60 metres to their amateurs. This is a WRC 15 secondary allocation, 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz, with 25 watt CIRP for Class A operators. In addition, they've been granted another two new bands, 135 kHz, 1 watt EIRP, and 472 kHz at 5 watt CIRP. Paul Gaskell, Golf 4 Mike Whiskey Oscar, editor of the 5 MHz newsletter says, Wait, there's more. The 160 metre band in Brazil has been expanded from 1850 kHz, making it now 1.8 to 2 MHz, and the 80 metre band now becomes 3.5 to 4 MHz, previously 3.8 MHz. The new frequencies are expected to come into operation in the week beginning Monday, 26 November 2018. 
News from the United States. Howard E. Mickle, Whiskey Bravo 2, India Tango X-Ray, is now new ARRL Chief Executive Officer. The ARRL Board of Directors has elected Whiskey Bravo 2, India Tango X-Ray, to be the ARRL's new Chief Executive Officer. He will start on October 15. Mickle is currently Chief Technology Officer of UB Tech Education and Senior Vice President of UB Tech Robotics, a $5 billion Shenzhen China artificial intelligence and robotics company. As the Chief Technology Officer at UB Tech Education, Mickle helped build this company from a startup in China to $100 million in valuation. I have Amateur Radio to thank for starting me on a very successful career, and I'm excited about the opportunity to further ARRL's goals as CEO. Leading the league will allow me to give back to a great community and provide a similar opportunity for future generations, Mickle said. I've been a licensed ham for 50 years, and I've seen many changes in the hobby. One of my top priorities as CEO will be to develop new products and services so all hams, whatever their license class or interest, find value in league membership, WB2ITX added. New Director for Yasmi Foundation The Yasmi Foundation has announced the election of Marty Wall, November 6, Victor India, as the newest Foundation Director. The Yasmi Foundation is a not-for-profit corporation organised to support scientific and educational projects related to amateur radio, including DXing and the introduction and promotion of amateur radio in developing countries. See yasmi.org for more information on their work. Small Rescue Big Heart Our last international story is another tale of a ham's involvement in a rescue operation, but this one was very different. As we hear from the editor of Amateur Radio Newsline, Karen Eve Murray, Kilo Delta 2, Golf Uniform Tango. On a recent broadcast of To Tell the Truth, an American TV quiz show, Rick Gruber, KD7NHM of Phoenix, Arizona, told the truth and a story. It's a story of a very special rescue that happened four years ago when he spotted a drowning victim in a swimming pool he had come to repair. At first, there was frantic struggling and splashing, but then it stopped. I walked over to him and I could see that he just had no movement at all. So I reached over with a pipe and I pulled him closer to the edge of the pool and I got him out of the pool and laid him on the ground. And I thought, oh, poor guy. I said, you know, it hasn't been that long. It's only been like a minute or so. I wonder if I could give him CPR. Rick had saved a tiny ground squirrel, now limp and unconscious. Draping him over a PVC pipe, Rick put his CPR and first aid training to use and began capturing it on video. And so I just started uh, doing little compressions on the sides of his ribs with my fingers. And eventually, after like maybe 30, 40 seconds or so, he, I saw a little bit of water come out of his mouth, like he spit it up and like almost hiccuped. And so I kept doing it. I thought, wow, it's actually working on him. As the squirrel came to, Rick stayed by his side. And so I just tried to you know, talk to him real nice and comfort him and keep him as calm as I could to show him it wasn't a threat to him until he was fully recovered. An hour later, the squirrel had revived completely and scampered off. Once the video hit YouTube... This selfless act went viral, grabbing the attention of several network TV shows. This year, it landed Rick on TV's To Tell the Truth on August 12th. Meanwhile, Rick has been receiving hundreds and hundreds of emails thanking him for his life-saving kindness. So, what does this have to do with amateur radio? Well... Rick has been a ham since 2001 and enjoys two meters DMR DXing and climbing the local mountaintops to call QRZ. 
Ah, and thanks to that little squirrel, he's now got some company on those outdoor trips. One of the best things that's come out of it is because of that squirrel video is how I met my wife. A woman in England moved by the video became his Facebook friend, then his real-life friend, and eventually his life partner. Her father, it turns out, had been a ham radio operator, too. The squirrel, however, did score an award for most QSL, says Rick. Who went on to say he'd made more QSOs from Facebook and from people messaging from around the world on Facebook because of the squirrel video than anything on ham radio. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham radio operational news. It's a contact sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. We'll start this week with news of a party, not so much a contest, but a non-air QSA party next Saturday. With more, here is Clive. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding RAOTC members that the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia is holding its annual on-air QSO party on Saturday, September the 15th for two hours from 06 to 08 UTC, that is 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. Central, and 2 to 4 p.m. Western Standard Time. The party will be held on 40 and 20 metres only, and modes are CW, SSB and AM. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is invited. The idea is to make as many contacts as possible, especially with members of the RAOTC. Each contact scores one point, and if your radio is 25 years old or more, you get a bonus 25 points. Certificates will be awarded to the scorer with the highest total contacts, the highest scorer using an old rig, and the highest scorer on each mode in each hour. Logs should be submitted by email to raotc at raotc.org.au or by post to the Secretary, RAOTC PO Box 107, Mentone, Victoria 3194. Once again, the RAOTC on-air QSO party is on Saturday, September the 15th, between 06 and 08 UTC. For full details, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. Thanks, Clive. Now, just ahead of a look through the DX window, a couple of contests coming up on our grey line. October 6, Worldwide Oceania DX Contest. October 11, 12, Worldwide Silicon Ale. Not so much a contest, but an exercise. Through the DX window, Australia, VI. 100th anniversary of the first radio contact between Australia and the United Kingdom. This will be celebrated in September. On this occasion, there will be special calls times for each of our call areas. As an example, 0 through 9. So using the symbol known as Octothorpe, number or hash, more commonly these days called the hashtag, we have VI hash Marconi, where the hashtag is the state or territory during the month of September. 
The Hornsby and Districts Amateur Radio Club will additionally bring VK100 Marconi on the air. More information about this activity and related awards can be found on www.wia.org.au. Great Britain, G. Special Event Station, GB0FS on Flying Scotsman, 15 September 2018. Bury Radio Society will be holding a special event station from a moving train carriage being pulled by the Flying Scotsman. This on Saturday, September the 15th. Vietnam 3W9. JSEC SP5APW will be active as 3W9JK-P from Cham Island, AS162, from September the 15th to the 22nd, and as 3W9JK from Hoan City in Quanam Province from September 22nd to the 27th. Activity will be on 26 metres using SSB. QSL via home call sign, SP5APW via the Bureau. Mauritius, 3B8. Hands, PA3HGT is QRVS 3B8 stroke PA3HGT from September 4 to 24 while on vacation there. Activity will be on 40, 20 and 10 metres using mostly SSB with a little CW in digital modes. QSL to home call, PA3HGT. Bhutan, A5. Zorro, JH1AJT and Champ. E21 EIC RQOV is A5A, September 4 to 14. The main purpose of the strip is to meet with foreign ministry officials to discuss progress on a youth development project. Activity will be on 40 to 10 metres using CWSSB and FT8. QSL via JH1AJT, Chile, CE. Members of the Discolo DX group will be QRV as XR208A, XR208B. XR208C and XR208D during September to celebrate the 208th anniversary of the first government of Chile as an autonomous republic. Activity will be on the HF bands using SSB, PSK31 and FT8. QSL via the Bureau. England, G. Members of the Pontefract and District Damage Radio Society are now active as GB250CC until September 28th to celebrate the 250th anniversary of Captain Cook's first voyage of discovery to the Pacific, spanning the years 1768 to 1771. Captain Cook sailed out of Plymouth on August 25, 1768, on the ship called the Endeavour. Other activations may be possible over the next three years to coincide with other key moments for the voyage. QSL by the Bureau to GB250CC. For VK1WIA National News... I'm Felix VK 4FUQ Inningham. We take a look now at wireless weather and media watch. 159 years ago, a geomagnetic megastorm. September 2, 1859, a powerful CME rocked Earth's magnetic field, causing a geomagnetic storm that set fire to Victorian-era telegraph offices and sparked auroras as far south as Mexico and Cuba. Now known as the Carrington Event... That megastorm 159 years ago is a touchstone of modern extreme space weather research. What are the odds it could happen again? You can find out on spaceweather.com. And History Makers podcast, Wireless Communications. It's Media Watch. Dr. Lucy Rogers, Mike 6 CME, is joined by comedians Beck Hill and Harriet Brain for the History Makers podcast, exploring modern technology and the people throughout history who've made it all possible. In episode one, the trio discusses whether wireless communication is our salvation or damnation.
Dr. Lucy, M6CME, explains how Hi-Fi works. Robot Harriet uses her data banks to bring some makers to life. And Beck tells us why we should have never moved on from plastic cups and a piece of string. So set your ears to receive and your mind to blown for History Makers Episode 1. You'll find the link when you read the text edition on wia.org.au. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello, I'm Bruce, vk 3 F from sunny Bendigo. Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Dits and Dars. Morse Code's vanquished competitor, the Dial Telegraph. The IEEE Spectrum website has a fascinating article by Alison Marsh about the early needle telegraphs. She writes, Recently, I learned about the needle telegraph. On both the sending and receiving end, the needle or needles would simply point to the desired letter. A user-friendly telegraph system provided the user knew how to read. The first needle telegraph was patented by William Cook and Charles Wheatstone in Britain in 1837. The design used a set of magnetic needles arranged in a row with letters of the alphabet arranged above and below them in a diamond grid pattern. Each needle could point left, right or neutral. To indicate a letter, two needles would point so as to outline a path to that letter. The sending operator controlled the direction of the needles by pressing buttons that closed the circuits for the desired letter combination. Operators needed minimal training to use the system, which their employers appreciated. But the system was otherwise costly to operate because it required a wire for each needle plus an additional return wire that completed the circuit. Maintaining multiple wires proved expensive and many British railroads adopted a version that used just one needle and two wires. A single needle system, however, required that operators learn a code to send and receive signals. Gone was the ease of simply reading letters. You can read the rest of Alison's fascinating article at the link on this week's text edition of WIA National News. And that, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, is available on wia.org.au, along with the link to sign up for our podcast. Worldwide Special Interest Group's DMR. DMR station QRM's AO-92 uplink. On August 27th, AMSAT Vice President Operations Drew Glasbrenner, KO4MA, noted, Recently there's been a DMR signal QRMing the AO-92 uplink on 435.350 or close by. Hotspots, repeaters, terrestrial simplex, anything not satellite, should not be in the 145.8146.0 or 435-438 by International Band Plan. Please QSI these radios as soon as possible. Please share to DMR, D-Star Fusion, P25 groups and similar. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Interns create visualisation of NASA space ground communications. 
For the first time ever, we humans worldwide can get an inside look into what it takes to enable communications for nearly 40 NASA missions thanks to a small team of college students. NASA's Near-Earth Network, NEN, leverages more than 15 antennas across the globe to provide a downlink for critical space and Earth science data collected by the agency's satellites. A new web-based app called NEN Now shows in real time simulations of the complicated manoeuvres these antennas undergo to link with passing satellites, following them from horizon to horizon as the data streams to the ground. Ryan Turner, a ground system manager, had an idea to efficiently and effectively develop the NEN app at Goddard by leveraging the skills of college students and utilising experienced engineers to provide guidance. He said, we started with three interns who worked with the public engagement team, NEN engineers and the GMSEC to lay out a prototype. GMSEC is the Goddard Mission Services Evolution Centre, which creates data system solutions across multiple projects and disciplines. He said it gave everyone a sense of what would be possible if we created an operational version of the system. Nage Fields was one of the first interns on the project in summer 2015. Our biggest challenge for the prototype phase was to figure out how to get the data from the real-time status server at NASA's Wallops Flight Facility in Virginia to Goddard and into our app, she said. She and her partners, Kira Harrison and Wallace Phillips, used a number of networking and security techniques to make it happen. NEN Now and another app, DSN Now, have been incorporated into an even larger app called Scan Now. NEN Now is now available to the public at the link in this week's text editions of WIA National News, best read on wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, IOTA. The IOTA Tour. Operators XYL, Bigi, DE3BWR and Helmet, Heli, DD0VR will activate a bunch of Greek islands in September. We will have to listen up here in VK as this is a QRP backpack operation with 10 watts SSB and 5 watts CW with various wires and vertical antennas. QSL via DD0VR direct or by the Bureau. September 1st to 10th, Crete, EU, 015. Islands all with the IOTA designator, EU, 067, are September 10 to 14th, Santorin. September 14th to 17th, IOS. 17th to 21st, Naxos. And 21st to 25th, Paros. And September 25th to 30th, Mykonos. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amateur Young Timers. Radio sport hits teens' wavelength. The New Zealand Herald reports high school student Xenia Berger, ZL4YL, had a contact with King Juan Carlos I of Spain. To know and understand Hastings' teenager Xenia Berger and her band of people requires others to tap into her wavelength, so to speak. Oh, and Xenia impresses. It pays to have a licence to do that. The Year 12 pupil should know because engaging in the art of radio sport got her in contact with King Juan Carlos I of Spain in April. The now 80-year-old monarch goes by the credentials of EA0JC. 
He reigned from 1975 until his abdication in 2014, when his son, Philippe, ascended to the throne. Royalty aside, the teenager immensely enjoys the excitement that comes with establishing a lucky dip type of contact with someone unsuspecting in a random part of the world without the use of internet. Special interest groups stamp collecting amateurs. Hams competing in the Amateur Radio Direction Finding World Championships in Korea had something to write home about and they have a special postage stamp they can use to send their message home from Korea. A report by the Korea Stamp Society shows the commemorative postage stamp being issued by the Korea Post to mark the 19th global event, which concluded on Saturday. The stamps have been printed as a sheet of 16, with each stamp carrying a value of 330 South Korean won, or about 41 cents in Australian currency. It shows two competitors engaged in the contest's activities, which include the search for hidden transmitters, or fox hunting. This year's event was hosted by the Korean Amateur Radio League. At least 30 nations, including the WIA VK team, were represented in the challenge, which takes place every two years. This has been Bruce, VK3 Triple F. Alrighty, that takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week. Quick look at October. In fact, September 28th through till October the 1st in VK4, it's the Cardwell Gathering. October 14 in VK3, the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest. And October 28 in VK3, the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Keep those cards and letters rolling in. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.